0: Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I am joined by my wife, Julie, this morning.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome to our home.
0: Yes, it's a rainy Wednesday morning. Love a good rainy morning.
1: I know. It was hard to get out of bed this morning. It was still kind of dark out. You could just hear the rain hitting everything best and
0: you definitely don't want to get out of bed
1: and then David is amazing let me tell you why (laughs) I was laying in bed having a hard time getting out and he had already left to go take the boys to school and I thought oh a Krispy Kreme sounds amazing right now so I texted him and I said oh a Krispy Kreme sounds amazing (laughs) right now and he called me and he was like I'm on it Yes, and he brought home some Krispy Kremes for us to do the podcast, and you this didn't is have perfect to say it for twice. this weather.
0: You did not have to say that twice. Yeah, he gets, absolutely. He
1: get fourth child, you get pregnancy,
0: and then when you get a hot Krispy Kreme donut, you eat the first one so fast, and you're just like, "What happened? I have to have one more. You I, can't just eat one. Of I those. know, but
1: if you eat more than two within an hour, mm. your stomach is like, "What just happened?
0: Absolutely, we just established that. I don't know why it took us this long to make that click. I remember Just in college Just don't do it, guys. I remember one time in college one Sunday morning I downed four Krispy Kreme donuts oh. before I went to church and I was sick to my stomach for the rest of the day. I definitely knew that. And at our age, it's true. If you take one more bite past two, you're gonna be
1: feeling it. Which I did. Monroe guys, this is insane. Monroe doesn't like donuts. <laughs> yeah. She'll we put we'll put one in front of her and she takes maybe one bite.
0: She doesn't know that she doesn't like donuts. She thinks she likes like them. Like if they have pink she frosting, excited. she's hooked. Right. Oh yeah, pink donut! Like she'll celebrate forever and then take one bite.
1: So I did eat some of hers.
0: That's what we need to just somehow secretly make that the dessert. Every time we have dessert, it's donuts. And then she won't eat. And then she won't eat dessert. That's what we need to do. But it's good to be recording. We are really enjoying this series in Ruth. It has been so practical, so perfect mm-hmm. for where we're at right now we've mentioned that in the past and just continues to deliver does not disappoint so last message was ruth chapter 3 and we're in this point of this love story the halfway point where the drama really picks up naomi takes charge you know the harvest season is finishing up it's the threshing night the big party the seven weeks have happened ruth and boaz they hit it off and there was an attraction and there was like clearly some something there There yeah yep, absolutely but now it's like oh no what's gonna happen are we just gonna go into a long winter of of nothing and still have no hope so go back and read the chapter there's definitely some things in there that are just like what is going on here culturally i don't understand the historical side of it i preached the whole sermon on this there's also things in there that are just morally questionable like oh no, I don't want to read this one out loud to my kids because we have some explaining to do. (laughs) Yes. And with all of that, I I kept pointing out the truth that, look, was this horrific advice, sinful advice from Naomi, or was this just the best advice ever? Like, oh, it's full of faith and just trust God and get out there and be bold. Because I've heard both takes and everything in between, and I'm really somewhere in the middle. Like, I understand what's going on. Naomi's human, right? She never got the Christian Counselor of the Year award. No gold star for parenting for Naomi. She's just getting over her bitterness, really. And so I don't think it was the best advice for sure. (laughs) But at the same time, she put both of them in a compromising situation, a very tempting situation at the very least. But God's grace was there in the whole thing.
1: 100%.
0: It was beautiful to see like how Boaz responded and just how God worked through even a situation that humanly speaking doesn't look perfect
1: right well and I actually appreciate the account of Naomi here because I think we can relate to that sometimes Mm -hmm. that sometimes I'm in that position where I'm not giving great advice Mm -hmm. or I'm messing up and that's what we're gonna talk about today is there's grace for that when we do
0: Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I want to point out here that God is not gray. He does not change. He is truth. Jesus said in John 7 and in John 8 that God is truth. He is true.
1: I'm the way, the truth, and the life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. James 117 is is one of the best verses on that.
1: Yeah, let me read that. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change.
0: Absolutely. So I've heard some Christians talk about this, like God is gray and there's all these gray areas of life. that
1: himself is not gray. <laughs> right.
0: God is black and white. There is truth and there is error. There is right and there is wrong. There is evil and there is righteousness. God is righteous God is undefiled by sin in no way is anything about God gray. But there are gray areas of life, right? Like there are questionable things where good people differ and come down differently on stuff. Mm -hmm. Once you get an imperfect human who has a sin nature, who's being restored and redeemed by God, right? But you put a human into the equation and humans mix in this world with each other with black and white gray enters the equation. And we saw it with Ruth. You see it in your life. We live in the gray areas of life all the time. And some people lean more towards black and white. They're the prophets, right? It's thus says the Lord. How dare you alter that? Like, get out of the way. We're doing this right. We're doing it my way, which is God's way.
1: (laughs) I know. Well, and it's actually interesting as you're talking about gray, I'm going to go on a little rabbit trail here. But I, if you don't know much about me, I'm an interior designer and I studied that in college. Mm. And one of my classes was color theory. Super fun class. And pretty much the whole semester, all we did was make paint chips. (laughs) Literally, we just had paint in front of us and we were told to make all these different hues. He would have a color up there. We would have to make it and it would have to match perfectly Just actually really fun. I enjoyed it. Some of you would be like, oh, that sounds horrible. but some
0: nice college tuition going towards fun experiments. Mm Has a little craft class. No, it does help. Yeah. You just see
1: what, you know, look at a wall and know what is the makeup of that color. I can see that. But when you're making gray tones, Mm
0: -hmm. how do you do that? You mix black and white. Yeah, you're (laughs) right. Okay,
1: But the easiest way to do it. Yeah is to take white and add just a dip of black to it. And you slowly mix it and you start to begin to see the gray. And I'm sharing that with you Mm. to say that to get gray, Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of both the black and white. Mm -hmm. It's not just one or the other.
0: Right, right. That's not the life we live in. It's just cut and dry. There's so many variables and nuances to life. And
1: you get different shades by adding more white, more black. Right. And that's where that variation is coming into play.
0: Absolutely. That's good, Julie. That is really good. So we don't want anyone to be confused. This isn't moral relativism at all. God is truth. And in the Bible we are revealed the truth of who he is in his character. And the Bible is the source of absolute truth. Mm -hmm. So please don't confuse this podcast for the message of the culture, which is just you have your truths and you can speak your truths into my truths. And that whole concept is from the devil. That is the opposite of what God teaches. You can't have two truths that contradict each other. Right. It's either truth. Or and if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't align with truth and doesn't match what truth is, there is error in it. Now you can mix error with some truth again. Yeah. Like, but that's not really what we're talking about right now. We're just talking about there's absolute truth and we find that through God. We find that through his word. And we seek to align ourselves with that as close as we can. And it's a daily pursuit. It's a lifetime pursuit. It's a walk with God. And what we're seeing in Ruth, and we also, when you step back and look at your own life, you can see it in your own life, we're not always doing everything perfectly correct. No. We have wrong motives that can mix into the equation and create some gray. We have sinful habits that Uh can sometimes rear their ugly heads. We can have old things that we've gotten pretty much victory over in the past, and they can still come back sometimes with a vengeance. Right. And so we are... Seeking Christ, we're trying to be like Him, we're walking with God, but we're still human and we create gray wherever we walk and mm-hmm. wherever we go. Do you want to share a couple examples of this? Maybe even in our own past, like have you thought about this, Julie? Like in our own lives,
1: like where we've made gray,
0: yeah, like where we've totally been in a situation that. We were trying to do what was best. But looking back at it, it wasn't really that great.
1: I can think of an example. I think of our parenting. If any of you have kids, you know it's not easy. We're not really given a manual for each child. I mean, we have the Bible, obviously. That's like a manual, but specifically to how they tick. And with Beckham specifically, David and I noticed in our parenting with him that we were constantly taking away things from him as a punishment. And it just wasn't working. We Mm -hmm. found ourselves very frustrated because it's like, here we are. Mm -hmm. You can't have dessert. You can't play video games. You can't do X, Y, Z.
0: And it was just making it worse. And yeah, I was like, well, look, Julie, this is really more like just ongoing punishment that is just dragging this out. And and it's actually negatively affecting the whole family, including him. When we don't want to punish anyway, we're trying to discipline like, Punishment Jesus handled that on the cross. Like he took our punishment. Discipline is aligning somebody, it's immediate, it's quick, it's in the moment where you understand I was off and I'm correcting that and getting back to the correct Yeah. Getting back in line correctly.
1: So like in this example that we're giving you, the black and white is our parenting.
0: Teaching Beckham truth. We're trying to discipline him correctly. Like we know we want to teach this
1: to him. But we created gray in our approach Mm and not carrying out actual discipline. Mm -hmm. And we were just passing out punishment. So we've had to regroup, David and I, in our approach. It's been a lot better.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another one I thought of is back when we were in Colorado. So some of you have heard parts of this story for sure in the past. We've talked about it on and off. But the church plant that we were a part of was like three years old and the lead pastor was changing a lot. Like he was in a place where we, we didn't know it at the time, you know, looking back at it, it was pretty obvious, but he was about ready to resign. Like I had been doing a lot of work in the church. I was working full time at Starbucks. We had the whole schedule where Beckham's like one, right? Mm-hmm. I would go to work at four 30. I would get off at noon and then we had 30 minutes for lunch. Then you had to leave at 1230 and go to the insurance agency job that you had. And I had Beckham in the afternoon. Everybody thought I was like a stay-at-home dad. It was funny because I'd go running around in the park with doing exercise. With a baby exercise. carrier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and looking back at it, and we even knew at the time, like this is an unsustainable pace yeah. because we're barely making enough money to even afford this this State. small apartment. <laughs> yeah. And it was just ridiculous where we were at with it all. And the church really didn't manage the finances very well at all. And one thing led to the next, and they're just like, David, we're not going to be able to pay you anymore. We want you to stay, obviously, but we we can't pay you anymore. And there was a lot of other things going on in the background, like philosophically, that we weren't comfortable with. There was just stuff that was happening that was all over the place, like huge red flags. And so we had to say, this isn't going to work for us. We're going to have to just step away quietly and, and go somewhere else. Like I want to be in the ministry full-time anyway, so... We're going to have to leave. And the pastor sent out a communication to the whole church about how we were just leaving because of the money. And it was a super hard time for us anyway. We were already stressed out to the max, didn't really know what to do. And I remember him painting this whole scenario like it was just me leaving them because we wanted to get paid more. And I called him up, and we had a very unpleasant conversation over the phone. Like... (laughs) the worst kind of version of about myself now. yeah the worst version of myself just I remember one on a walk talking to this guy on the phone and I was like walking alongside this this river this pathway there was no one around just yelling at the top of my lungs at this guy because he was spinning everything on me and I look back and I was like wow I was I was definitely hurt I wasn't I was in the wrong I should have never and I apologized to him after that and he apologized to me, but just looking back at the whole thing, you know, it was a huge gray area. Like, didn't handle it all correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned from that, right? I, I learned yeah. a lot of lessons from that. We learned a lot of things from all the bad stuff that happened to us there.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I even think of like, you know, David sharing he lost his temper. Like, yeah, that happened. But I think now, like, God has used it. When he's in tough church situations to be like, Mm -hmm. wait a second, I really messed up over there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn from that. That was really wrong. I don't need to be responding like that. I need to just pause if that's what it needs to take yeah. before I respond. Take it to the Lord.
0: Yeah. Don't react. Take it to the Lord and be calm and and loving and gracious in your conversations, no matter how hard they are. You can still do that.
1: Yeah. So there was a lot of black and white that made gray. uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple examples for you, but you can apply this to your own life, wherever you're at, no matter what you're in, even if it's a very negative situation and people around you are doing wrong things. What we've seen from the story of Ruth is God is still working and doing something amazing through that, that you can't even see right now. And you can't let the page you're on determine the next line that you're going to write.
1: Yeah, I actually think of this picture. I think you used this picture in a sermon series recently. I don't mm-hmm. remember which sermon series. But it was like a artist made almost like a cross stitch. Yeah, yeah. And the picture didn't show the actual picture of the cross stitch. You saw the underneath with all the strings going every which way. Yeah. And you're like, that's a really ugly picture. Like, what even is that? Yeah. And then you flip it around and see what God's doing Yes, And it's this beautiful artistry. And that's kind of where we see in this gray concept that we're talking about is when you're in the middle of it, you just see like... You see all the
0: knots and you see the strings like every which way and it's just all mixed together in this huge knotty mess. And then you flip it around and like, oh, wow, there's a beautiful picture there.
1: (laughs) That God made. And I, I need to just trust that God's working to make that...
0: Exactly. So some takeaways specifically for you on this one. When we're in the middle of the gray situation, you as a Christian, no matter what it is, whether it's a situation with your family, whether it's a situation with you know somebody at your work, or you name it, you don't need to be the police of truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if someone is saying something or doing something to you that's directly affecting you, then yeah, there's a time and place for sure to say the right thing. You let love cover a multitude of sins, but like if it's negatively affecting you, then absolutely go to that person and, and have a conversation about it. We're not saying you don't do that. We're just saying it's not your job to just Scope out what everyone else is doing, like the Christian YouTubers out there who are just making video after video, like putting their commentary spin on every single situation. Like, how is that helpful for the body of Christ? I mean, in some sense, right, there are people who can be watchdogs and that can point out helpful things. I'm all for that. But if you're making it a pattern and that's your hobby, that's your go to to just point out everyone else's mistakes and just swoop in and be the problem solver at all times check your heart and see if you're putting faith in God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work and convict. And that's an important area to really strive for balance in.
1: I think another application point too is just don't let the past hold you back. It's Mm -hmm. easy to look back and feel stuck because... I did this, 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 and this, and I'm in this gray muck of a tapestry and I can't see this beautiful picture that God's making. Yeah, And you have to let that go and put that behind you and press forward. We talked about that the last podcast.
0: Yeah. what's What has God already told me to do? That's what I need to step forward and do.
1: And it's in God's word. Exactly. It's in God's word. Yeah. I, um yesterday, Was just having a rough, rough day and this song popped into my head and it's a super old school song. (laughs) And I looked it up because I hadn't heard it in a long time and I was trying to find a newer version of it and it doesn't exist. So if anyone out there wants to make a newer version, that would be amazing.
0: DW, (laughs) John Albright, where are you at musicians?
1: Yes, but... David's like, let's play the song, but I don't think copyright we can. So I'm just going to read the lyrics. And if you guys want to look it up, you can be like, oh, man, it's so old school. But the words are really rich. So uh, I'm just going to read some of the lyrics for you. And it's just so applicable to what we're talking about in Ruth here. And also personally in my life, in David's life um it just kind of like enriched my soul and that's like the beauty of music and and worship that the lord has given us like in the psalms but the song is called god will make a way god will make a way where there seems to be no way he works in ways we cannot see he will make a way for me he will be my guide hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day he will make a way he will make a way by a roadway in the wilderness, he'll lead me. Rivers in the desert will I see. Heaven and earth will fade, but his word will still remain, and mm. he will do something new today. And then it goes on more to talk about how God is going to make that way for us when it seems completely hopeless in that gray area. Who might be here tonight, you may think God has forgotten you about your situation, but he hasn't. The Bible says that we are inscribe in the palm of his hand and heaven and earth may pass away but his word will remain forever and he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think tonight and then it goes on again back to the chorus of God will make a way and maybe you're listening to this and you're in the middle of a yucky situation or I don't know what trial you're in if you're in one and There's hope in that gray area, and it's grace. God's making a way, and that's his grace.
0: Yes. He is a God of grace. He will give you what you don't deserve. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil, for he is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. So give it over to him and pull in closer. Just draw in.
1: There's grace. Absolutely. You can trust him.
0: Thanks for listening once again to another episode of the Daxa Dialogue. We have really enjoyed Ruth and this next chapter, chapter four, is going to be so good. And then Pastor Lee is going to preach one more message from Ruth and really go into some amazing application that parallels into Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five. So Mm -hmm. I've been talking with him a lot about that and it's going to be great stuff. So super looking forward to the next couple weeks. And if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a review. You can do that on Apple, iTunes. You can also do that through Spotify. And those reviews actually help our podcast a lot. So please do that if you have not done so already. And share this episode with a friend.
1: You are loved.